When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 2100 hours. Manila time. Position unknown. Ship's engines useless. Wind rising. Taking 30 foot seas. May God forgive me for bringing my ship and crew to the point of destruction. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Trader, Taiwan Trader, is somewhere in the South China Sea, taking the battering of a sudden and violent storm. As its skipper, Captain Gordon Douglas, braces himself against the chart desk in the wheelhouse to make what could well be his final entry in the ship's log. This is the climax of an ill-fated journey from Manila to Singapore in tonight's production of Crisis. Crisis presents The Passenger. It was a warm morning in Manila Bay, and I was standing out at the rail watching the last of our cargo come aboard. Already the hold was jammed with plywood, rattan furniture, and jute, and now bales of hemp were swinging aboard. Besides the cargo on the manifest, the Taiwan trader was taking a few passengers now and then. A honeymooning couple with English passports were already aboard, and now a Filipino named Bandug, the only other passenger, was climbing the gangway. At least I assumed he'd be the Filipino. He was taller than most of them. A Moro, I figured. But when he got up on the deck, I could see he wasn't Filipino at all. I couldn't tell what he was. And you would be our captain? Yes, sir. Gordon Douglas is my name. My passport captain. You're Mr. Bandug? I am. Well, welcome aboard the Taiwan Trader, Mr. Bandu. Here's your passport. Thank you. You'll forgive me. Your name is Filipino, but you don't look the way I expected somehow. Oh, then you're not acquainted with the mixed bloodlines that prevail in the country, Captain. I am Spanish, Irish, Chinese, and Filipino. A mestizo. Of course. Mestizos. Very proud, fine people. I admit, of course, the Spanish and Irish predominate where I am concerned. We have something in common, then. I'm Irish and Scotch. With an American accent? (laughs) Well, there you are. I am an American, but my ancestors were from Scotland and Ireland. Well, we shall be good friends before the voyage is over. I hope so. Oh, have you attended to your luggage? This is all I have, Captain. This one suitcase. Oh? I believe we will be at sea for only three days? Yes, three days to Singapore. I have quite enough for the journey. Now, if you'll be good enough to direct me to my cabin. An hour later, we had pressure up, clearance from the harbor master, and we slipped our mooring lines and moved slowly through Manila Bay. And in a couple of hours, we're sliding past Corregidor. We headed west past the Lubang Islands, and then turns southwest by south, keeping Palawan in our sight on our port horizon. The newlyweds, the Coopers, kept me company for a while on the bridge. Mr. Cooper, 
and I are teachers, and this is our way of learning something of what we should be teaching back home. Very good idea. We'll have to make this trip do. Harriet and I will probably never be able to afford to travel again. Oh, look, Ken. Now, see? Hmm? There, on the horizon. That must be Palawan. Eh? Oh, see? Here on the map. Palawan is the long finger that points to the northern tip of Borneo. Right, Captain Douglas? Yes, ma'am. That's what it is. <laughs> we have studied every inch of the route, Captain. Well, you see, we've had years to plan this trip. Uh, we both saved like mad for it. Most likely we shall have to exist on beans and porridge forever after, but <laughs> it's going to be worth it. Isn't it, Kenneth? <laughs> Shouldn't we go below, dear, and let Captain Douglas do his navigating? I wasn't used to playing the part of ship's host along with my duties as captain, but the line needed passenger revenue and accommodations on a freighter like the Taiwan Trader were cheap enough to attract people like the Coopers. So for dinner, I put on my blues and prepared to entertain the newlyweds and Mr. Bandug. First night out, you want everyone to get acquainted and hit it off right. Well, this is going to be cozy. Just the four of us. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Cooper from Bristol, England. May I present Mr. Bandug from oh, Manila? Happy oh, my you. pleasure, I am sure. <laughs> oh, won't your other officers be joining us, Captain? Well, this isn't like a luxury liner, Mrs. Cooper. My officers are all on watch or asleep between watches. Oh. Uh, for the occasion, we have a little wine. Oh, well, how very nice. Yes, really. This is much nicer than the freighter down from Yokohama. Oh, absolutely. It's mm. so cozy. Uh, you uh, live in uh, Manila, Mr. Bandug? Just outside Manila, Quezon City. Oh. Well, may I propose a toast to a happy voyage for all of us? Yes. <laughs> yes very well. Very well. <laughs> the dinner went well. George outdid himself in the galley. And by the time the coffee was poured, the Coopers and Bandug were like old friends. <laughs> so, you see, the English really tell the worst jokes on themselves. Uh, but they have had more years of culture to fall back on. Yes, are there no Filipino jokes? Uh, not in English, no. Now, if you understood Tagalog or Visayan or Ilocano... What in heaven's name are they? Three principal dialects in the Philippines. Which do you speak? All three. Is that so? Remarkable. You know, you haven't told us your occupation, Mr. Bondu. Oh, yes, that's right. What do you do? I'm an importer. Then this is a business trip. Oh, yes. Well, yes. Do you ever get to England? Oh, I've been there many times. Really? What part? Everywhere. Bristol? Of course. Well, do you know Waverley, the public school in the Clover Downs region? Ah, three stories, red brick, built about 1840 as an estate. And the pub across the lane from the entrance? The cock pheasant. The crippled fellow is the proprietor. I see. Oh, I do believe you've lived right among us, and we've never noticed you. And if I may continue to show off, above the pub are some rooms, usually occupied by the school staff. I say, Bondug, it isn't natural for you to know all this. Just a coincidence. In my travels around the world, one thing you may always depend upon is the miracle of how small the world really is. The great oddity of living in the world is that you are never far from some other soul whose path once crossed your own. I find that strangely comforting. Don't you, Captain? Yes. Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, do you mind if I light my pipe? Oh, not at all. Go right ahead. Then may I offer another idea? Cards. Hmm. Uh, what would we play? Your choice. Mm, poker? Fine. Captain? I can take time for a short round. 
Uh, now that I have suggested it, I'll have to ask if the ship has any cards. I'll get a deck for my cabin. We began to play. My hand was promising, but I hoped I wouldn't win. Bad form, the captain beating his own passengers. Fortunately, Cooper won the first round and Harriet Cooper the second. After this, I excused myself from the wardroom and stood a watch on the bridge. My first officer, Matson, was at the helm. Got a fair weather report last hour, Captain. Good. How are the passengers doing? They're playing poker in the wardroom. I think they'll get along great. I haven't heard from them in an hour. Captain, may I join you? Oh, sure, Mr. Bondog. Come on in. Card game break up? Yes. The Coopers began yawning and seemed to want to retire early. <laughs> uh, newlyweds, you know. Yes, I know. Well, we're all going to be great friends by the time we reach Singapore. I'm sure we will. Well, I think I'll take a turn around the deck and turn in myself and do some reading. Uh, you wouldn't happen to have a book or two aboard, would you, Captain? As you saw, I, I packed only the essentials. I have a few in my cabin. You're welcome to anything you like. Come on in. Ah, now you sleep right off the bridge. Yes, have to be close by. Now, here's my little bookshelf. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you go in strongly for history and biography. And uh, religion. I do. Yes, I... I never could get much involved with light reading. Oh, here's something. Witchcraft in early Massachusetts. Yes. Incredible what they did in the colonial days. Uh, take it. Uh, no. Uh, this one by Massey. Old Testament prophets is fascinating. Uh, to some, perhaps. I'm afraid I live very much in the here and now, Captain. Well, thank you anyway. Just a whim. I'll take a walk and then get to bed early. Pleasant evening, Captain. Well, I'll have to stock up on paperbacks when we get to Singapore. <laughs> I can see that. Yes? Oh, Mrs. Cooper. I don't like to disturb you, Captain, but there's something I felt you must know. There's something wrong? Oh, yes. Yes, indeed, there is. Well, at any rate, I think there is. Well, come in. <coughs> now, what's the matter? Well, it concerns Mr. Bandug. What about him? After you left the card game, he proposed that we play for money. Oh. Wait. We began at a dollar limit, and Ken and I kept winning and winning. Then Mr. Bandug raised the stakes even higher, and we continued to win until... <sighs> well, we now have a very great deal of his money. Hmm. Don't you understand, Captain? He tried to lose. He wanted to lose. He just let us win over and over again and laughed about it. We both wanted to stop playing, but he wouldn't. Well, at least he didn't try to cheat you. I wouldn't worry about it. Maybe that's just his way of giving you and Mr. Cooper a sort of uh, a wedding present. A laughing world traveler who gives money away. For the first time since he'd come up the gangway that morning in Manila, I began to relax about Mr. Bondug. And then Matson rapped on my door to the bridge. This radiogram just came in from Manila, Captain. It's for you. Where'd I put my glasses? Well, read it to me. Okay. It says, Captain Gordon Douglas, the Taiwan trader. This is to advise that Manila police have identified a drowning victim today as Fernando Bandug, 
known to have purchased a ticket for passage to Singapore on your vessel. His passport was missing. Your passenger list shows a Hernando Banduga board. Please advise his identity soonest. And it's from Captain Ray's Manila PD. He says Banduga drowned? Yes, sir. That's what it says. Then who's the guy we have aboard with Banduga's passport? Aboard the freighter Taiwan Trader, there's an engaging passenger who says he is Hernando Bandug. Only now, we know he is not. And he carries the passport of a dead man. Yes? Ah, Captain Douglas. You found a book for me to read? No? Well, come in anyway. I'm sorry to bother you, but may I have another look at your passport, Mr. Bandug? My passport? Oh, yes, of course. I have it here in the pocket of my coat. Yes. Yes, here it is. Is something wrong? I don't know. Let me study it under this light. Do you uh, you find it in order? Would you mind writing a signature on something, just so I can compare it with the one here? Oh, of course not. Yeah, there you are. Thank you. Well... Identical. And my passport photo? Well, it's you. There's no doubt of that. Ah, good. And now, if you'd be so kind as to tell me... I received a radio message a few minutes ago which says the Manila police have found a man they identify as Hernando Bandug. The man is dead. He had a ticket on this ship and a passport which are missing. I see. What can you tell me about this, Mr. Bandug? Anything you want to know. I'll have to know your real name. Well, uh, in my occupation, I go by many names. Call me Lucien. I've always liked that one. Lucien? A beautiful French courtesan named me that. From then on, nothing else seemed to satisfy me. Are you confessing you killed Mr. Bandu? Would you like to smoke your pipe, Captain Douglas? You seem to enjoy it so after dinner tonight. Please, feel free to light up. Now, wait. You, you confess. To the murder of this, uh... Hernando Bandug? If you like, I confess. But why? I needed his passport and his ticket. Mr. Uh, uh, Lucian, you realize that as captain of this ship, I have the authority to place you in confinement for the rest of the trip and turn you over to the authorities when we reach Singapore. Yes, I realize that. I'm sorry, then you'll have to come with me. Uh, no. No, I think I'll stay in my cabin. Don't make me use force on you, Mr. Lucian. I can't make you do anything. You are a free agent. What? But I am an excellent persuader. Now, uh, let me make you a proposition. I shall consider myself in your custody. But let me tell you of my travels and my motives. And then see if you still want to lock me in your little brig. Please, Captain? I haven't time to sit and listen now. Well, fine. Tomorrow, then. I'll be right here. Don't worry. There is no brig on board the Taiwan trader, only lockers and storage compartments, and those are too inhuman to keep anyone confined, even overnight. So Lucian remained free on his honor. The night wore on, I slept fitfully. At four in the morning, someone was pounding on my deck door. All right, I'm coming. 
coming. Captain! Mr. Cooper, what's wrong? My wife's gone. What? Harriet, she's, she's disappeared. I woke up and she was gone. Now, now, wait a minute. We'll search the ship. But I've but... been everywhere you can go, Captain. All the decks, the bridge, the... Oh, my God, Captain, she's fallen overboard. She must... Now, now wait a minute. Just let me get my coat. Let me get my coat. Yeah. Okay. Now, why don't you go back to your cabin? No, and... no. I'll go with you, please. Mr. Cooper, I'm captain of this ship, and I'm ordering you to go to your cabin and remain there until I come back. I turned back into my cabin, pulled on some clothes, and as I started to leave, I stopped short by the little bookcase. It was an afterthought, but on impulse, I did it. I took the Bible and shoved it in my pocket. And then, from under my mattress, the gun. The gun that was always there, but never fired. I took those two things and ran to Lucian's cabin. I noticed then there was a storm making up. Lucian! This is Captain Douglas. Let me in. Come in, Captain. By all means, I wasn't asleep. Lucian, do you know where Mrs. Cooper might be? Certainly. Come in, come in, Captain. It is cold out there. Mrs. Cooper. Yes. You found me. Mrs. Cooper, I want you to get dressed and return to your own cabin now. Oh, do I have to, Lucian? You don't have to do anything, my dear Harriet. Shut up, Lucian. Mrs. Cooper, you'll do as I say. And if you're smart, you'll never speak of this to your husband. Just tell him you were restless and... Uh... <laughs> and that would be so true. <laughs> Captain! Captain, I... Harriet! Oh, Harriet, thank God you're... Harriet, what are you, what are you doing in here? Cooper, in I cabin? told you to stay in your own cabin. You are with Bond, dog. You filthy, filthy jerk! Stop it, Cooper. Get away from her! You You have a gun, Captain. Use it. He's killing her. Cooper, Cooper, stop. Stop or I'll shoot. You fool. You fool. Oh, no. I... Two. Two with one shot, Captain. But I... I didn't. You... You made me do that. Don't you ever read that black book you're carrying? I didn't make you do anything. You got your own way, long ago. You got your freedom to act. No, I can't make you do anything. But as I told you, I'm good at persuading. I travel the world, persuading. And I am seldom refused. Well, I refuse you. Oh, do you? Aren't you a little late, Captain? Look there on the cabin floor. Who shot them? Who took those two lives which had done nothing to you? I was... It was It was my duty. I, I, I had no to... No one pulled the trigger except you, Captain. Except you. But you... You... You forced me. Forced you? You're like most of the others who say they believe the book but don't know what's in it. Isaiah 14. You... You quoting scripture? Certainly. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Lucifer? Lucifer, then that's... Revelation 12. And there was war in heaven. War? Look it up. Revelation 12? Try the ninth verse. Nine. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceived the whole world, he was cast out under the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. Yes, you see. Here we are. Come, angels. Harriet. Kenneth. 
Captain. No! I'm not going with you. <laughs> but you are, Captain. <laughs> Very soon. Very soon now. Tonight, Crisis has presented The Passenger, featuring Paul Herlinger, Ray Court, Lee Posh, Douglas Young, and Slade Gordon. For Crisis, this is your writer-producer, Jim French, inviting you to be back with us next week at this same hour.